0: Good morning. Uh, Good morning. Uh, Thank you for welcoming me to uh, share at your church a little bit about the ministry that I get a privilege to be a part of. Yeah, my name is Doug. I'm a pastor at Lord's Love and I'm a good friend of Brian's. We've known each other for quite a few years now. Uh, We have gone through quite a few shenanigans. That's uh, a polite way of uh, putting it, uh, but he used to also serve at our sister church, so I've got to serve with him in quite a few capacities, but I've known him in quite a few ways, so it is a joy to be here and to um, share with you at BCBC. I also recognize a few of you from the Stay Out Ministries. A couple of years ago, I joined uh, two days just to see what the ministry is about. Uh, this year, we only had one person from our uh, church join uh, to see more about what it's about, but you're doing some great things over on the island there on, on, uh, with the Stay Out people. Uh, I want to encourage you to keep that up and keep going and keep sharing uh, the gospel. Uh, I want to send you my greetings as well on behalf of Lord's Love Church. We're 2.2 kilometers away from you. I looked that up this morning. Uh, if you're we're 47th and Fraser Street, I uh, know landmark is Shoppers Drug Mart. If you don't know where Shoppers is, it's a deer garden. Most people know where that deer garden Ah, food, yeah. Uh, so that's where we are, uh, across the street, behind in the parking lot. So I'll send you our greetings uh, from that area of, of, of Vancouver. Um, yes, I am a pastor of Lord's Love, but also serve as a spiritual director at Penisport Ministry, and it's something quite new, uh, last three or four years or so, that we have had the privilege of being a part of, a part, privilege in uh, serving in, and I just want to share a little bit today about the story of how it began, and the story that God has been building in us, and how God uh, really used our passions to serve Him in, in this way. Uh, as we get going, let's just pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. God, we thank you uh, that we get to worship in your house uh, with your people this morning. And God, as we open up your word, uh, may you speak to us. May you give us hearts to, to understand and minds to comprehend and ears to hear and eyes to see uh, you and your goodness and your gospel uh, through your word. So be with us, be with your people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The story really starts in uh, July of 2014. Uh, During that time, uh, I was preparing a team to go to Ghana. We served through CIM, Chinese International Mission. We've gone to Ghana, our church, maybe six, seven times now. Uh, There's a church plant there, a local missionary that we support as well. Uh, We were planning to visit, and it was a good six months of preparation. If you've been on missions, you know preparation is key. Tons of prayer meetings, tons of Bible studies, tons of uh, bulking ourselves up spiritually, uh, to go on this trip. Well, 2014, if you remember, that's also when the Ebola crisis hit. And it was a week, the same week that we're about to leave on this missions trip, that we got the phone call that the borders have been closed, and that we're not allowed into the country. So imagine this, six months of preparation, six months with our team of five, we're preparing, we're praying, we're like, God, send us, we're ready to go, no matter what happens, send us overseas, Uh, I was excited for my second trip to Ghana to meet the missionary and the local church family there. And when we heard the news, we were utterly devastated. Uh, Our team, we didn't know what to do but to pray. And we were just crying out to God, like, you know, why would would this happen? Uh, I understand Ebola is good, but God, send us. We were trying to find a back way in, (laughs) you know, trying to be, you know, um, those exciting missionaries that go out. Like, no borders can stop us. But we were trying to find a way in, but the borders were closed. We couldn't go in. And our guide was saying, sorry guys, like this is this what's going to happen uh, this year. And, and our team was crying literally uh, in tears to one another uh, and to God, saying, God, why is this happening? But little did I know that out of that devastation came an initiation to serve God locally uh, here in Vancouver, uh, because we discovered that the God who called us into Africa is the same God that calls us here in Vancouver. As we're praying to God at that moment, God, you know, why aren't you sending us? We, we, you, we call us to go. You call us to serve you over there. We've been preparing ourselves. But God, in that moment, spoke to our team. you are like, hey, I'm the same God here. How are you going to serve me here? How are you going to reach out to the people here in Vancouver? And I, I, I've been involved in local missions before. I've also been involved in quite a few overseas missions. Uh, Macau, Brian mentioned that. Uh, Panama. Mexico, Ghana, villages of not only Africa, but of some of the villages in China as well that we have gone and have seen, and that was one of the first times that I felt this distinct call to serve locally. Not only as a pastor, my call there was secure, but on missions. But like God was calling us to serve locally on missions, and that's where the idea of unity came about, and that's how God started uh, birthing in us this passion for unity, not amongst our church, but also amongst the churches and his people and those that don't know about Jesus. And, and that experience really shook us. Uh, the five that of us in that small little room in our little basement uh, at church, as we're praying, that God spoke to us and asked us a real critical question that we're asking, God, how can we serve you here in Vancouver? What does that mean? How can I serve you? How can I use my passions for you? What does it mean to engage in our community What does it mean to engage with our friends and our family that do not yet know Jesus? What does it mean to engage with the churches across the street? There literally is a church across the street on Fraser (laughs) for us. What does that mean, to engage with them? And I would never have imagined how God would use this idea, this passion for unity, to birth this ministry that I I get a privilege of being a part of today. And the question really started with this. What are we passionate about? What am I passionate about? You see, your kingdom come, God's kingdom can come through our passions. Through the gifts and the passions that he has given us. That he can use those passions to further his kingdom. And what is a passion? Well, it's a strong feeling or an enthusiasm or an excitement for something. Uh, sports is one thing for me. That's why I have a bad back. As <laughs> Brian shared sports. It's something I'm passionate about. I'm passionate about people. I'm passionate about getting to know people. You might be passionate about different things. It might be education. It might be at sports as well. It might be chess. Uh, chess is a sport. Uh, it, might, it might be through other activities. It might be travel. It might be books. It might be many different things. God has given you this passion for a reason. And I believe that God calls us to use it to unite his people, unite his churches, to do missions. Well, as we were asked ourselves that question, uh, we found out that we're passionate about connecting uh, with those in our church. Uh, we're passionate about connecting with other churches, and we're passionate about reaching out to those friends and family of ours that do not yet know Jesus. And that's where the three values of were really started. Intra-church, hey, there's people in our church that I don't even know. I'd love to connect with them. Inter-church, between churches, well, they are like I said, churches across the street and in our, in our area that we have not yet connected. What does it mean to come together to serve God together? And outreach. What does it mean to reach out to our friends or family? So interchurch, church and outreach. Those three were birthed in that moment as we were thinking and praying through what our passions are. And then we're passionate about sports. And I grew up playing all sorts of sports. Uh, baseball was my main one. I don't have time to share, but that's part of my testimony. Where I wish to play at least college somewhere uh, in Canada or in the States, maybe professional, you know, if God would allow it, but He didn't. I'm, uh, I'm doing what I do now, and I wouldn't trade it uh, for the world. But I would never imagine how God would use my passion for sports to serve Him in this way. You no, know, sports is meant for the basketball court, uh, for the baseball diamond, for the badminton court, for the track field. Whatever it is, that's where you leave sports, right? Where where does sports and church kind of interconnect? Where does my faith in sports, how does that come together? As we thought about our passion for sports, we also came to realize that sports can be a universal language uh, that reaches and crosses barrier. You don't need to be good at it. Uh, Anyone can play in any form or fashion of whatever that sport is. So we combine this passion for unity, for connecting people into church, intra-church, and outreach with sports. And we're like, God, how is that going to happen? How is that going to work? I don't really see how that could happen. Well, we're like, well, it can't be one sport because I played in Christian and church ministries. That's one sport, and they can be pretty rough, <laughs> to be honest with you. Anyone playing the hockey league or basketball league or even dodgeball? Man, it gets rough out there. It's uh, the a literal battlefield. Uh, when you go out there, but in some ways, we're like, well, it must be multi-sport, because very few people can dominate in five sports uh, all very well. Very few people. There are some uh, in our league, uh, like the six-foot-five police officer at played the games. Um, anyway, uh, but he was quite good at the sports that he was doing. So we thought multi-sport, and we're like, God, what does that mean? I don't understand how we could use this. I don't understand how we can connect our passions again to the church and how I can use this to be on mission for you. We didn't know what to do or where to begin, so we thought, well, why don't we join a, pentasport? Uh, let's join a multi-sport league of some sort out there. Let's just go out there and join a sports league. So uh, us five and a few others, like, hey, at our church, hey, who wants to join I don't really know how the season's going to go, but let's come together and join this team. And so we joined Urban Rec in fall of 2014, uh, the fall of uh, after our trip was canceled. We joined Urban Rec and we joined a regular season. And we knew we were in bad shape because we didn't win a single game uh, for the first three quarters of the season, I think. We were dead last. Uh, but thank you to Urban Rec. Everyone makes it to the playoffs. Uh, so we ended up through the playoffs. And it must have been God's grace, some David and Goliath story, because we ended up winning the league. I have no idea how that happened. We saw that as a sign. Uh, all the forces kind of aligned to our strengths and the weaknesses of the other opponents. And we just made it week after week. And we're like, oh, we won. Yay. Okay, uh, let's go on. Uh, so we took that as a sign <laughs> that God was doing something here, that he was encouraging us that we literally had to be beat down to the ground uh, physically. Uh, before we could rise up and serve him in some way. And after that, we're like, hey, we should probably get organized together. So we got together at Angel Cafe, our team of five. And that's where all great visions and missions are are birthed, at Angel Cafe and Fraser and 43rd Avenue there. We sat there for three hours. The waitress and waiters hated us because we were talking and not ordering anything, (laughs) but talking. And that's where the vision and mission at Fendersport started. I'm telling you the story because it's strange how God works. And how he calls us to use our passions and, and our yearnings and desires to, to, for his kingdom. And that's really how PendaSport started. Uh, that was the fall of 2014. In spring of 2015, we had our first season uh, of PendaSport. We thought, man, God has given us the ingredients. We were riding off the momentum of winning that championship. And we're like, the churches and our people and our, our own church. We're going to respond, and this is going to explode, and God's kingdom is going to be revival coming in in, in, in Vancouver. Uh, we set up uh, the, the vision, the, the, the rules to the league, and how the league is going to run. We're going to say, hey, the team is going to consist of 16 people, a uh, large majority from your church, but we want outreach, so a per- certain percentage has to be your friends and family that don't go to your church, that you don't exactly know, that don't know Jesus, that we want you to be deliberate in inviting them, in. we we put all those rules in and we're like, people are gonna join. They're gonna see that this is good. Well, uh, I don't know why I thought uh, it, the whole all the churches were gonna come, we really just invited twelve uh, about through connection. and out of the twelve, really only three responded. Only three responded We're like, oh, God, is this really what you want us to do still? Only three is this what you want us to do? So we rolled ahead with it anyways, a feeling called that God's going to connect our passion for sports and for unity in Vancouver, and we're going to go ahead. So in that small gym in Richmond, that was the only gym that would rent us a space uh, on a Thursday night at that time, with those four teams uh, that, res- uh, that responded yes, us being one of them, we went ahead. Uh, this was a thank you card from the three teams uh, that that joined the first three were Emanuel Christian Reformed Church, Vancouver Chinese Evangelical Free Church, and Tense Church had a team, and us. We kind of call them the founding four uh, of the league uh, that took the step uh, to uh, put their faith in, in this league and, in, in, and see the vision of what the league is doing. And we soon found out that interchurch, intrachurch, intra-church, and outreach were three values that every church actually values. Who doesn't want to connect more with people within the church? Who doesn't want to connect more with other churches? Hey, what are you doing? Who doesn't want to reach out to their friends and family and their neighbor and their coworker, and invite them uh, to, into a ministry setting, into intentional community? I'm not sure what other ministries there are that I've been a part of in our own church, but it was a huge boost. The season is 12 weeks long. Two seasons a year, 24 weeks of constant exposure with my friends and family that do not yet know Jesus. They wouldn't come into our church, but every week they'll play basketball with me. Every week they'll come out and play dodgeball with me, and afterwards we'll go to Angel Cafe. (laughs) Afterwards we'll go eat at another cafe, we'll go hang out together, and that's where the real conversations really happen though it was discouraging in the beginning with the four teams that we had we held on to this hope that god gave us that we were called to use our passion for sports and for people and for unity and to use it for to reach to vancouver to reach it to reach uh, the lost in in vancouver and, and that's where john 20:17 20, to 23 really comes in because this is one of the founding verses for our league for this ministry that we are a part of. Let me just read. Uh, if you have your Bibles, uh, go to John 17:20. It's also on the screen there. Interesting here, I find it that just before Jesus goes onto the cross, that this is one of the last things that He prays for, as unity in the body, unity amongst His people, uh, and how this declares who He is. 17:20. My prayer is not for them alone, meaning the disciples, the apostles. I pray also for those who believe in Me through their message. This was the verse that we felt God was giving us that founded the league, the heart and the vision of why we were doing what we're doing for the sake of unity, for the sake of bringing people together, for the sake of God's kingdom and mission. That even though there were just four teams at the moment, even if it was four teams until forever, we will keep doing it. That it was worth it because God has called us to do so. But we learned in this passage and we held on to this, this thought that Christian unity witnesses to the world. This is how the League started, that we held on to this. This big idea that Christian unity witnesses to the world, that when people see this, that they will give glory to God. We didn't know what that meant, honestly. At that moment, we didn't understand what that was going to look like, but we went forward with the League anyways. We brought it up to our church board, and they're like, all right, uh, it sounds like a good idea, I don't really know. It sounds like logistically a workout. The finances will balance because the teams kind of pay for the rentals themselves. Let's just go for it. We don't know what's going to happen. Uh, but let's take that step of faith and go for it. And unity is an interesting uh, word uh, for us because my first exposure to unity was really through the form of sports for me. Uh, my parents divorced when I was six years old. I grew up with a single mom and a younger brother and I saw this unity a lot within my own family, and the brokenness that I grew up in. But I'm thankful that God has given me a passion for sports that kept me out of trouble growing up. Uh, I didn't come to faith until late in my teen years. I had some uh, interesting friends growing up uh, that did some interesting things. But if it wasn't for my dedication that God gave me, this yearning to practice, this yearning to play sports, that kept me in the basketball court, that kept me on the field, who knows what I would have been doing otherwise? But I saw unity on the field. I saw that uh, what it meant to play as a team. I saw that, uh, that unity, you may have heard this before, unity isn't uniformity. It doesn't just mean putting on the same jersey and just looking the same. Unity is also not measured simply by proximity, by how close you are to each other, but the quality of togetherness. It's the quality of togetherness. And I've seen this in my own sports, in baseball. I, you imagine nine players... I'm only one of nine on the field, but we play together as a unit. And when they get a hit, when there's a hole in our defense, it's because we didn't play together as one. It wasn't because of one one person exactly. It was because we didn't play together. We weren't united. The quality of our togetherness wasn't very good at, at that moment. So sports has taught me what it means and what it looks like to play as one. And you see it. Because when you play as one, generally you win games in sports. Uh, but when the unity is disconnected, when there's discourse going on, I've seen it in my own team, that it doesn't go very well. But we see in Scripture here that unity has a very real place in the kingdom, that unity proclaims to the world that God is real. I'll read this to you again. Uh, verse seven, uh, chap- Chapter 17, 20-21. My prayer is not for them alone, I pray Also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one Father, just as you are in me and I in them. May they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. God has given us the great opportunity to proclaim who God is. Every single day, every single step that we take, we have an opportunity to proclaim who God is. And what is this message that Jesus is talking about here uh, at the end of verse 20? Well, it's really the message that Jesus is the Messiah. That Jesus is the Holy One. That Jesus is the Son of God, the Alpha and the Omega, the One that holds all things together. That Jesus is He, the One who has come to save. Especially through the Gospel of John, if you have had an opportunity to read through it. All the I Am statements of Jesus of who exactly He is. He's revealing Himself, that this is the message that we are to proclaim into the world. And as they proclaim this message, Jesus prays for them to be together, that they'll be together as one, proclaiming this message, that just like how the Godhead is united, they are also to be united in this way. That our unity between us, between our churches, between believers, not just in Vancouver, but in the world, is meant to reflect the unity within the Godhead. Man, just think about that for a moment. As I was wrestling with this passage, as I was thinking, how can Pendle exactly be used by that? I was feeling a sense of heavy weight. No, it's not all on us. It's the work of God and what He is doing, but the weight of the work and ministry that we're doing, I was surely feeling it, that the unity that we we're a part of, is meant to reflect the Trinity, the Triunity. That is what our unity is to proclaim. So when we are united, it shows the world that God isn't hypothetical, but God is real. That God really is at work. That unity is not meant to be an idea, but meant to be observable, as we see here. That when the church is united, when, when churches are united, when these people are united, it's meant to be observable. And the world, especially if they don't know God, they cannot see Him. They don't know what He looks like. The world cannot touch, nor can they feel Him. Even if they did, they wouldn't understand who God is. Remember Saul, when he first encountered Jesus? Who are you? Who, who are you talking I, I don't know who you are. Even if the world did see, they wouldn't understand But though they cannot see God, though they do not understand God, they can see us. They can see Christians and what we have been up to. As this commentary says, "...but the Spirit of Christ, illuminating, transforming, and reigning in the hearts of the genuine disciples of Christ, drawing them to each other as members of one family, and prompting them to love and cooperation for the good of the world." This is what, when sufficiently glowing and extended, shall force conviction upon the world that Christianity is divine. That the act of being together, when there really seems like no purpose to be together, that when we draw together, when we're fighting for a cause together, when people see that, it is beautiful to them, and it is attractive, and it doesn't bring glory to us, but it brings glory to God. That God is, become, becomes real in that moment, that there must be something more to it. And I'll never forget what uh, a prof in seminary said, uh, that the church is not... Uh, it, was a, it was a discussion about whether uh, church and administration and how we operate, and he was saying, I know the church is not a business, uh, so we should never look to the business world, right, uh, to, for models of the church. But what he said this, well, next was key, that I long to see today because of the unity of the church, because of how we are operating, because of our love for other churches in the world, that the business world will look to the church as an example for how they operate. Man, that was challenging to me. And I believe that when we live out this unity, as we held on to this impenetrable sport, that it is proclaiming that God is real. That He exists. But we don't need to hope because God has already made it available, that God has given us the power to unite. As we read in 22 to 23, I've given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I and them, and you, uh, you and me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. We don't need to hope for this power that transforms the world, God has already given us this power to unite. It's not an idea. It's a reality that God has given us this potential to change the world, to unite the churches, to unite our people together, to to proclaim that God is real. God has already given us what? In verse 22, this glory that Jesus also has. This glory has already been given to you. It's perfect. It's already been done. It can't be taken back. God has already given that to us. It's completed. You don't need to wait for it anymore. It already exists in us. And if you have accepted Christ, that means this is the ability and the potential that you have to change the world, to change uh, the world, to reach out the world for, for God. That this potential is already inside of you. And what's this glory that you have? Well, what's this glory that Christ has? It's the glory of knowing what's, to come. The glory of the future, that no matter what happens in this world, no matter what it is that we go through, the glory that Christ is going into is sitting at the right hand of God forever. That no matter what happens in this world, that we already have that as Christians, firm and secure. That is our reality. That no matter what happens here, that we will one day be with God. And this is the glory that we have. It's as if the future was already here. We live in this reality, already we live in this state. The same way, why in Hebrews 12:2 the writer says, "For the joy set before him, he Jesus what endured the cross, that he saw the glory, he saw the joy, he saw what awaits for 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 what he is go- about to do." So he went through it and he did it and he held on to that hope. And all the teams that I've been a part of, church or sports or otherwise. We played well together when we put the greater common good above our own. That when we put that above our own, that we, we learn to win together, we learn to lose together. Another, another coach of mine once said, he gave us, uh, he yelled at us uh, <laughs> at the end of the game because we lost. And he said, you know why? It's because you guys were all playing for yourselves. I'm like, what is that supposed to mean? Uh, but as he said at that moment, he's like, you were all playing for the name on your own, on your own jersey the back of your jersey but you never play for that name you play for the name on the front that name that logo that you carry you playing for that team is for the greater good of the team and for us as Christians we're on the team of the cross we play for Christ and we lay down ourselves for the sake of the kingdom to pursue him and pursue his goodness so unity within the Christian community is possible even though We only have four teams in that moment. We held on to this. this, God, like these four teams, hardly are we united in (laughs) all of Vancouver at that moment. Hardly are are we seeing Vancouver being changed. But we held on to this hope that it's not partial unity, it's complete unity. That we are part part of that work. Maybe I won't see it completed now, but God is at work here then I will be a part of that. That God is going to use this situation to use me and my passions to make a difference in the future. I might not be alive for it, but it doesn't matter. I'm part of this work that God is doing. Because when we are united, Christ is proclaimed. And unity is attractive. Not attracting people towards our churches, but towards Christ. Because Christian Christian unity witnesses to the world and people will see that there's a difference here. Why are people coming together that are so different, that live in all different parts of the city, all different parts of the world? Why are they coming together this moment? Why do they come together on a Sunday? Why do they come together to play sports on a Tuesday or a Thursday? Why do they do what they do? Unity is attractive and Christian unity witnesses to the world. And we held on to that thought. What passion has God given you? Your passion doesn't have to be for Africa, it doesn't have to be for the downtown East Side, it doesn't have to be for wherever else other ministries that you have seen, because your calling is personal. And God has been crafting and cultivating that in you since before you were born. What are you passionate about? It could be right here in Vancouver. It could be the next cubicle or the next classroom over, that person that you're thinking about at this moment. It could be right outside your front door. That's where your passion lies, reaching out to your neighborhood. It could be in the next room in your house, literally, your brother your sister, your mom and dad, your grandma or grandpa who lives upstairs you does not yet know Jesus. That could be your passion that you want them to know Jesus. Maybe you're using your passions already and if you're doing so, keep at it. I hope you're encouraged by today that we start with four teams but we're still going here, strong here today. Just keep going and firm like this is the passion that God has given you and calling you to do and to make a difference and you would keep using it. Maybe you're holding back at this moment. Why? What's causing you to hold back? What's keeping you from moving forward? Pray about it. Talk to your leaders about it. And take that bold step, even if you might look foolish, because you never know how God is going to use you in that setting. This fall, uh, we are in Season 8 of PendaSport. Right now, this moment, last uh, last week we just finished uh, our regular season and we're in playoffs next week from the four teams that we started off with there are currently 18 teams with six on the wait list from the original some 40 players there's over 288 players in the league at this moment it's not about what we have done but what God is doing in Vancouver our committee is made out of from people from six different churches from the original five that we prayed about, expanded 13, uh, from six different churches. From the five volunteers that we had there, we kept growing to more and more volunteers, where we have more than 36 volunteers at this moment. Christian unity is attractive. We did not promo. We did not send anything out. People were hearing about this league, hearing what God is doing in Vancouver. We used to play out of that one small gym. Now we play across four different gyms. Uh, recently, in the last year or so, uh, we were praying to get into the Richmond Olympic Oval and they just called us and, and said, Hey, a spot opened up. Would you like your league to come in? From no space to just enough space every single season to fill the teams that we have. The sports that we have played uh, has kept uh, the teams together where people understand it's about unity. That's not just about the sports. That we come together and fight for God's kingdom. That's why we come together. To show what unity looks like, we come together and not fight on the court, but we show what good sportsmanship looks like. I love that picture on the top right, um, where that's me taking a jump ball against a six foot six foot five police officer. Um, I didn't get off the ground uh, yet at that moment, but this is the joy that I get. I get humbled every single week <laughs> playing with different athletes. From starting in our own church, uh, our board and our ministry has. Been praying and has decided that starting next season, this ministry, we're incorporating as his own nonprofit. So our church is sending us out as his own nonprofit, of his own ministry, to keep expanding. Churches in the tri-cities have asked, "Hey, we saw you doing this in Vancouver. Can you help us start one in Burnaby?" I was in Edmonton and Calgary earlier this year, and they asked, "Hey, have you heard about Sport? Have I?" I was in Toronto earlier this year. And they're like, hey, do you also play in that sport league? Like, do you know anything about it? But how did you hear about it? I don't know. A friend of a friend told me about it. They're not even a Christian. Christian unity witnesses to the world. And it's not just about sports. It's not just a sports ministry. It's about reaching out to the kingdom. Uh, these are just some of our socials that we've, we like eating as well. Uh, There's two socials every single uh, season where people get uh, together. But this has been a highlight for my year where it's been more than just coming together to play sports. And we have reached out to our friends and our family that do not yet know Jesus. And they come together and we eat together. They join our Alpha program. They join our small groups. And they get connected to our churches. But this was the highlight where last year, Hope International contacted our league, because they they knew something was going on. There's a huge connection of different churches happening. And they asked, would you like to help plan the run for H2O next year, this year, June 2018, uh, where all the money raised goes towards funding a water well project, a clean water system in Guatemala? Hey, would you like to be a part of that? We prayed about it. We're like, this seems like it's the next step in the ministry, not just to make a difference in Vancouver, but also in other parts of the world for people that are in need. In 2017, uh, the the run raised, uh, the goal was $100,000, that's what they raised. The goal in 2018, this year, was $150,000, and God blew that out of the water by bringing some 700 participants, raising over $210,000 through this run. From that simple prayer, in that small room, here we are in the aftermath of that, as we follow and see what God is doing. I like that picture in the top right as well. Uh, uh, an ex-Olympian came and joined the run, and he actually felt so compelled that he wanted to share on the stage that this is one of the most uh, world-class uh, uh, organized runs that he's been a part of. I'm like, are you just being really modest? Uh, as an Olympian, Like you ran in the Olympics, right? <laughs> so, uh, but they're encouraging. He wasn't Christian either. And he was like, hey, I see this. I see the point. Let's come together. I see what you're trying to do. Pentasport isn't a sports ministry. It's not just about playing sports. It's, it's a ministry. It's about unity. It's about transformation. It's about missions in God's kingdom. And it all started from a simple passion of us asking, God, how can you use the passion that you have given us? And we went on because it really has nothing to do with us at this moment. I don't stand here saying, look at us and what we have done because it's all God. Oh, Jesus, I know full well all the details that had to come together in order for this to work, that all of this has to do with who God is and what he is doing. But people are joining in because they want to show their friends and family that God is real. And we hold on to that in John 17. Because Christian unity witnesses to the world. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for Your word this morning. Your word that is sharper than a double-edged sword. Your word that convicts. Your word that changes us. God, I pray at this moment that you will continue to birth in us passions for your kingdom. For that friend or that family member that doesn't yet know you, God. May you birth in us a passion to reach out to people that we, we are in community with, God, in Vancouver. Whatever passions you've given us, God, may you give us the clarity on how to use it for your glory. I thank you, Lord, for BCBC and for the church here, for the stronghold for the kingdom in, in Vancouver, God. I pray for blessing over this church, Lord, that Jesus will continue to be the foundation of this church that everything they do will be for your glory and for your kingdom. And from this moment, God, may you use all our passions to change Vancouver, to change the world, to reach out to all those that do not yet know you. Because your name is great and you are worthy of all things. In Jesus' name we pray.